Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I'm your host, and I want to welcome you to another great presentation that we're going to have today. What we're going to cover in this episode is the importance of LinkedIn marketing and how to generate more business from LinkedIn. Before we do that, let me just tell you a little bit about the Business Creators Radio Show. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, we serve folks like you and help you win at the game of business and marketing. And what I mean by business creators are one of several things. You can be an entrepreneur, a small business owner, a local business owner. You could be a marketing and business coach. You could be somebody who helps others win at the game of marketing, such as a designer or a strategist. Or you can be a do-it-yourselfer who loves to have your own hands on the levers and manage your own marketing. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore our episodes, and discover how our experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated. The feed is updated weekly. Please take a moment to subscribe so that you can receive everything in real time. Today's guest, and I'm very, very happy to have her with us today, is named Melanie Dodaro. And Melanie is the author of the number one international bestseller, The LinkedIn Code. She's also the founder of Top Dog Social Media, which is an agency that helps businesses, sales teams, and professionals use LinkedIn and social selling to boost their visibility, attract new customers, and increase their revenue. She's dubbed by the media as Canada's number one LinkedIn expert. She's a highly sought-after internationally as a LinkedIn and social selling speaker and trainer. To learn more about Melanie, please visit TopDogSocialMedia.com. So, Melanie, welcome aboard. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Adam. Thanks so much for having me today. Great, great. LinkedIn marketing is something that's very important to a lot of our business creators who follow our show because, as I teach myself and many others do as well, one of the best ways you can grow your business is by having a robust LinkedIn presence and participating in discussion groups, making connections, and contributing to the discussion on LinkedIn. Now, before we dive into this, because I know you're going to share with us a lot of great information, just tell us a little bit about what led you to the point where you got involved with LinkedIn marketing and helping business creators, just like our listeners, master their LinkedIn marketing strategies. What we like to do is just give folks who may not have heard of you a chance to get to know you a little bit. Sure. Um, I kind of fell into all this a little bit by accident. In 2007, I had written a book on a completely unrelated topic, and I had just sold um, some businesses that I had. I owned a number of franchises, and, and when I sold them, uh, I started looking at, you know, how do you promote a book? I knew how to market, and I knew how to, you know, run uh, ads for my, my franchises through radio, TV, newspaper, you name it. But I really didn't know how to promote a $20 book. It just you know, <laughs> none of that makes sense, right? So at that same time, my family, uh, who was living on the other side of the country because I moved out west, were on Facebook, and they kept bugging me and asking me to get on Facebook. And I'm like, well, what is this stupid Facebook? (laughs) And being a really, really private person, it just wasn't something that appealed to me at all. Um, I reluctantly uh, joined and, and created a profile and just you know, was friends with my immediate family and closest friends only. Right. And then I started seeing... Uh, that there was a business application because I've been a long-time entrepreneur, so I kind of you know look at everything through the eyes of business. Right. And I was like, there might just be an opportunity here to use this and some of the other social media platforms to, you know, promote my book. And so I went through Adam years of trial and error and trying to figure it all out and taking courses and hiring coaches and reading books and attending seminars and you name it. And finally, <laughs> I was a slow learner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started to to really kind of you know, really get the whole online marketing um, from social media to, you know, all the different things that are available, blogging, email marketing, and so forth. Started having some success with it. And uh, then I had a bunch of business owners and, and professionals reach out to me saying, you know, Melanie, I really like what you're doing on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever it was. And um, can you give me some advice? I'm like, of course, you know, I'd be happy to. And I just realized how much I loved doing that and really helping other business owners. So it's kind of how my company, Top Dog Social Media, evolved from that. And my passion with LinkedIn came, I believe, really truly from 
you know, my my business background. It just made sense to me that if I was going to use social media for, as a business tool, that I'd use the tool that that was, you know, primarily 100% a business platform. Yeah. And so, and you know, as, as a yeah. Right. Go ahead and jump I'm, in I'm, there, Adam. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm getting so excited about this because LinkedIn is one of my favorite topics of all. We hear so much in the marketplace when we talk about social media marketing. You hear Facebook, Twitter, Google+, and then sometimes somebody throws in something like Pinterest or Instagram or something that involves photographs. But very often we find that LinkedIn gets left out. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the show here today is because for business creators, you must pay attention to LinkedIn for the reasons you said which is it's very much a B2B platform. So people go on social media and they complain about the drama and the political posts. And, uh, and although I disagree, the photos of cats and things like that, uh, I can't really say anything bad about pictures of cats because my kitty is sitting next to me right now and she would claw me if I ever said anything like that. So, um, <laughs> so uh, that's, if, you, if you don't want that stuff, if you want the pure business marketing power of social media, then you really need to focus on LinkedIn. Now, there's one more thing I need to ask, and this is a question that we ask all of our guest experts to come on Business Creators Radio Show, not only because of the variety of responses we get, but also because of the variety of interpretations to the question. Now, many of our listeners write to me, and they say that they can implement pretty much anything that any of our guest experts recommend they do to grow their businesses, except for the influence and the factor of time and money. Now, what impacts do time and money potentially have upon LinkedIn marketing? It's a great question, Adam. And, and of course, I mean, you know, you have to be prepared to invest one or or both of those into, you know, whatever it is you're doing from a marketing standpoint. And I think that that's kind of a little bit of a misconception that people have with social media as a whole. They think that these are all free tools. And right. the reality of it is, is, is they're not. I mean, you know, you need to have professionally branded uh, presence across all platforms. You need to look good. Uh, you need to definitely spend some time. If you're looking at doing anything on Facebook, you need to be prepared to spend ad money. You know, you have to have an ad budget. So, you know, with LinkedIn, um, you know, uh, their ads aren't even necessary for you to get a result. So you don't actually need to spend much in the, in the form of money unless, of course, you want to hire somebody to write a professional profile for you or something like that. Right. But, you know, you can do all this stuff without spending any money at all, but you do need to be prepared to spend some time. And how much time you're prepared to spend is going to be completely dependent upon your goals and your objectives, you know, where you're at with your business. If you're in startup mode or in, you know, growth mode where you'd really like to see some substantial growth in your business, then you need to spend a little bit more time. If you're in, you know, momentum phase where you're, you know, quite happy with where you are and you just want to keep, you know, that funnel full and be adding some new, you know, new clients here and there, uh, then you're going to spend less time. But, you know, my recommendation is, you know, spending a, a minimum of 15 minutes a day all the way up to about an hour a day, uh, depending upon, again, where your goals and objectives are. And you need to just think of this as, you know, your lead generation slash marketing efforts. And, you know, the great thing about LinkedIn is you don't need to do – if you're a B2B company, I should, I should definitely start with that because, I mean, a B2C company is going to be very different. But if you're a B2B company, one of the things I say is, you, you know, you can get away with doing nothing except for LinkedIn and content marketing. I'm a big believer in, in you know, having some great content out there, whether it's in the form of podcasts like this, Adam, or it's, you know, videos or blogs, articles, whatever it is. I mean, I think that that's really important, and it really complements your LinkedIn marketing efforts. So you do definitely need to be prepared to dedicate some time to it, uh, and the time is, you know, is very much worth it when you approach it properly. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, I agree with that entirely, and I think it's also very fair to say that people are looking for ways to have automated social media and to do things with by push button and and when we're talking about social media we're talking about relationships and we're talking about linkedin we're talking about business relationships there are certain things you can get help with like if you're participating in multiple discussion groups that allow you to post your blog articles and invite comments you can have somebody go through and strategically place those for you if you uh, need somebody to help you manage your incoming connections and make sure they get tagged properly and make sure they get follow-up sequences and something like that, you can get help with that as well. But when it comes to actually managing the relationships, that really has to come from you. So be prepared to spend a little bit of time with it, but also know that it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun once you get into it. Now, 
the first question I was going to ask you is how important is this to have a good LinkedIn profile? And I think your answer is going to be very important. So what I think <laughs> I'd like to ask instead is why is it important to have a good LinkedIn profile? Yeah, absolutely. I'll definitely answer that question. I just wanted to, I just want to add to what you had just said about um, you know, spending the time and, and what's needed on it. it. It is so important because you know, a lot of the things that you can actually do when you've got things planned out, one of the things that we do is we create you know, complete lead generation campaigns for, for uh, people to implement themselves. And I say, you know, so many of these things can be done by your assistant. There's certain things that you have to do yourself, and that's you know, when, when the responses start coming in and, and you know, real live conversations are engaging, uh, that's when you need to be participating. But there's so many things that an assistant can do to make uh, the time that you spend you know, so much less. Right. I know my assistant handles all incoming requests for connection requests, uh, you know, does all the tagging, does all the stuff that you've said, and, and that's really, you know, it's great because there are so many things that you don't need to worry about. You know, a friend of mine who's a, a world-renowned social media expert just reached out to me, and she's like, I've got 6,000, you know, uh, connections waiting in my inbox that I haven't dealt with yet. What should I do? <laughs> you know? And it's like, I hope you're not going to be doing that yourself. I hope you're delegating that to your assistant. Here's what you need to do, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, there's... So many things you can do. So, to why why do you need a great profile? The the big question or the big answer there is, you know, your LinkedIn profile is a really big piece of your personal brand. So, if your company has anything to do with you, you know, you're a consultant or you're, you know, you are the face of your company, or, you know, you're part of your company. People that are looking up your company are also going to be looking at you, and people right. that are looking at you are also going to be looking at your company. And so when somebody's doing a Google search to find out more information about you, one of the first things that comes up in the first three positions almost always is your LinkedIn profile. Right. It's also the first thing that people click on because they know that that's where they can go and learn more about you or they believe that they can. You know, as you've, I'm, as you've probably seen too, Adam, there's a lot of people that don't fill out any information in their profile and it's very scarce, it's, you know, bare. Uh, so they're not going to find out much about them, which basically conveys a really or personal brand image uh, right from the get-go. So it's really, really important that you know you look great, so that when somebody's thinking about doing business with you, and they want to find out: Are you a reputable professional? You know, are you a credible individual? That you convey that through your profile. The other thing is, is as you're starting to use LinkedIn to reach out to people, or if people are looking for what you offer, you want you know you want to be showing up in the search results, and when people click on your profile, it needs to. Uh, be professional enough to be client-focused enough to get people to actually want to take the next step, whether that's accept your connection request or connect with you or follow up with you, whatever that might be. Right. One thing I want to bring up very strongly is the point you made that when somebody's doing a search for you and you're in business and you have a strong LinkedIn profile, that'll typically come up very high on page one of Google search results. If you have a very unique name, so if your name is something other than John Smith, for instance, having a LinkedIn profile could be the edge. If you do have a very common name like John Smith or like Jim Palmer, also known as the newsletter guru and dream business coach, who, you know, he's a friend of mine and a client of mine, and he frequently finds himself competing with a Baltimore Orioles baseball player of the same name for search engine visibility, his LinkedIn profile makes a big difference for him. So if you have a very common name, but you're uncommonly active on LinkedIn, that can help you get found easier. I just want to point that out just some, from my own personal experiences. Also, LinkedIn has its own search engine, so you can optimize your LinkedIn profile around the key phrases you're looking to be found on. Exactly. And, that, and you know, I always tell people don't rely on that. You know, your, your real results in LinkedIn are, are going to come from your proactive efforts. However, there's going to be times where you're going to just get opportunities that come to you if your profile is really well optimized for what you want to be found for. So right. why miss out on those opportunities? Right, right. It doesn't make sense to leave something that's sitting right there on the table just sit there. It just doesn't uh, doesn't make sense at all. Now, if you now if you'll bear with me, I have a slightly funny story here. Is and this happened to me twice within the past year. Is women who checked out my LinkedIn profile, decided based on my LinkedIn profile they wanted to date me. 
I found it hilarious because you hear these stories all the time of people complaining on, about getting hit on on Facebook or getting hit on on Twitter. And my LinkedIn profile, which is designed for business, is accelerating my personal life. I found that very interesting and actually kind of funny. And it does lead to our next question uh, because you know you have some great tips for creating a personable yet professional LinkedIn presence. One of the values of LinkedIn is it's a more professional platform, but at the same time, you have to be personal and personable. So what are some of your tips for helping to strike that balance? Are you talking about right within the profile itself? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things, I mean, I have a three-step formula that I always talk about with creating a great LinkedIn profile. Step one is getting found, and we've talked a little bit about that, Adam, about optimizing your profile for the right keywords, that people will be looking for. Uh, the second one is to attract your ideal client. So you be, basically want your profile to speak to who your ideal client is. And the third one is to stand out. And I mean, standing out is actually relatively easy on LinkedIn because most people do a really poor job at it. It's right. having a complete profile, you know, having a good photo, uh, a good headline, and, and maybe even you know, video or multimedia in your profile. It's, you know, it's spending that time to, to make sure it looks really good. Um, the attracting your your ideal clients uh, in your profile is really, really important. And one of the things that's important to do is to write in first person. A lot of people treat LinkedIn as a resume site or a site for their professional bio. And the reality of it is, is, is that's all well and good if you're looking for a job. But if you're using it as a business building you know, tool, you need to take a different approach. And you want to speak to who your ideal clients are, the problems they have, the solutions that you offer, and um, you know, do so in first person because you know people forget that although LinkedIn's a business social network, it's still a social network. So you want to be social, and identify exactly who your ideal clients are, so that when they land on your profile, that it speaks to and resonates with them. That more than that, they actually see themselves in it, and they're like, "Wow, I'm in the right place. Right. This is the person I need to be speaking to." Right. I'm absolutely with you as far as that goes. Now, uh, the next thing I was wondering about is I'd like to transition here a little bit, actually, and I'd like to go from your LinkedIn profile, and let's talk about LinkedIn groups. One of the great ways to grow your business is being active in LinkedIn discussion groups. So let's start with some, a balance that a lot of people I know who listen to Business Creators Radio Show are trying, trying to strike, which is how active should you be in a LinkedIn discussion group? That's a great question, and, and LinkedIn groups are, are a really powerful um, tool. I mean, there's over 2 million LinkedIn groups, and, and right. the advantage to joining groups is that <clears throat> basically you can only get found in search results, and people can only find you in search results if you're part of their first, second, or third degree network or a member of the same group. So by joining groups, you can exponentially increase your reach immediately. And you, right. you can join up to 50 groups. And one of the big mistakes that people make with groups is that they join all their industry-specific groups. So financial advisors, they join the financial advisor groups. The realtors right. join the real estate groups. And you really want to be joining the groups where your ideal clients can be found. So I kind of created a formula that you know, kind of shows you how the breakdown of you have up to 50 groups. It's fine to join a few industry-specific groups. I usually say about 10% or four to five groups so that you can stay up to date on what's happening in your industry and what's going on with your peers and even your competitors. It's fine to join a few groups that will help you learn some new things that are going to help your business, whether it's business development, sales, social media, LinkedIn, lead generation, websites, doesn't matter, whatever that is, great to do that. But the vast majority of the groups that you join, and I say 40-plus groups or 80%-plus, should be your ideal client groups. And then basically there's going to be a couple of reasons why you're going to um, be joining these groups. One of them is to have access to all the members. So there might be a group that's got very little discussion in it, it doesn't seem really active, but it's filled with ideal clients, and that group might make sense to have as, as, part, of a, um, as part of your strategy of just being able to reach out to those members of those groups. Whereas other groups are great for engaging and and starting discussions and contributing to discussions. And I think that's really where you were going with that question, Adam, and and how important is that? I mean, there's a lot of opportunities to uh, be helpful in groups, to, you know, answer people's questions, help solve people's problems, position yourself as an expert or an authority on your topic, and be the person that many people are going to reach out to. Every time I post something in a group, I find a number of people from that group will immediately connect with me on LinkedIn. Right. 
So there's a lot of opportunities that come out of that. And, you know, one of the things I'll share, you know, people are very, you know, there's a lot of confusion around, well, how much is too much? You know, how much content should I give away for free? And how many questions should I answer for free? And the reality of it is is that not everybody is, of course, going to be your, your client or your customer. Right. I blog, you know, every week. And, you know, I do podcasts not frequently enough, but I do, yeah. you know, a lot of different things. And I give away a lot of different information. And I realize that, you know, the vast majority of the people that consume my content are never going to, you know, in, you know, never going to um, purchase any of my products or services, and that's okay. A lot of them become evangelists and promote my stuff and recommend me to others. And then there's the people that even even though I can solve their problem in the content that I've created, they're like, I don't want to do this myself. You know, my book, my book, The LinkedIn Code, basically outlines, you know, an entire LinkedIn campaign, what you need to do from start to finish, from writing a great profile and how to do it, to understanding LinkedIn etiquette, to understanding how to create the messages that you're going to use to connect with new uh, connection requests and build those relationships, and basically what your whole plan is. So my book outlines it all, but there's still people that are willing to pay me to do that and say, you know, Melanie, just write my profile, create my message scripts, create my campaign for me, train my staff and me on, on how to do it, and, uh, and you know, it's just much a better use of our time. Right. So, you know, you just have to understand that. Don't ever be afraid of giving away information for free because there's going to be people that uh, – consume that information for free but we'll recommend you and share you know share your content and evangelize you with with their network um and then there's going to be others that are just going to say hey just do this for me right exactly and what's really great about this and i'm so glad you gave us so much information because a big thing that i teach our business creators is the formula for the types of discussion groups you should belong to. And your formula is actually pretty close to mine. And you do point out something that I see a lot of folks do. And I, I shake my head when I see this. When I check out, check out somebody's LinkedIn profile and I see the groups they belong to, because what's really cool about your LinkedIn profile is people can see what groups you belong to. They can see where you hang out. And uh, like, say, for instance, somebody's a financial advisor, and I'll see seven groups and they all are for financial advisors. It's like, that's great, but you're hanging out with your same old friends at the networking party. Yes. I mean, you've got to hang out with some of them, and that's really great because you've got to commiserate. You've got to be in contact with your peers. You've got to be in contact with your competitors and what I like to call the coopetition. That's really great for your business as well. But make sure you're communicating with people that are likely to give you money. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, there is... And you having you being such an expert and a trailblazer when it comes to LinkedIn marketing to grow your business, this is one of my favorite topics, and I want, I'm just dying to get your feedback on this. When and how do you move a connection? Like let's say you have a connection you made on LinkedIn. Somebody sends you a connection request, so they send you a connection request, and you accept. What are the steps, and how do you get that to – become an offline discussion where it becomes a phone call or it becomes some kind of interaction that takes things to a higher level? That is such a great question and it's so important and it's uh, exactly what I, I was kind of conveying earlier when I was saying, you know, creating these message scripts and stuff like that. It's really one of the big mistakes that, well, there's two really big mistakes that people make on LinkedIn or all social networks really. Right. One is they connect with somebody and they start sales pitching them right away. Oh, the yeah, I one, love that. Yeah, the second one is that they either do nothing, you know, they don't do anything to move those relationships forward, or they take forever to do it. So it's about finding that balance. So I've created a number of different, like, processes and, and formulas, and, and one of the ones I talk about in you know, the social selling aspect of LinkedIn. So using LinkedIn for lead generation, I would say, you know, you want to create personalized connection request messages for every single person you send it to, unless it's your best friend or your, you know, one of your employees or colleagues or something, somebody who knows you really well. You can get away with not doing that. With everybody else, you want to personalize it. One of the things that we do and, and we do for our clients, and I talk about in my book, is we create a, what I call welcome message. So after somebody's connected with us, we send them a welcome message that basically says, hey, thanks so much for connecting with us, and um, you know, here's a couple of, of things that you're, you'd find of value for your business. And right. no sales pitch, no you know, getting them to do anything other than just adding some value. 
Then what I suggest is a week later to send what I call, you know, your first relationship building message. And, and this is just, you know, start a dialogue, again, add value. When in doubt of whether or not the message is going to add value to the person, just look, you know, read it and say, well, if somebody was sending this to me, would I consider this spam or would I consider this value? And if they don't consider it value, it's spam. <laughs> right. And then, you know, after that, and, and this, this process can take anywhere from, you know, a couple weeks to a month, depending on how you want to um, plan it out based on your business model and whatnot. Usually for us, it's a week later after that. We'll send another message that basically uh, just positions, to, you know, the chance to have a, a phone call to chat about, uh, you know, what, what's going on with them and learn a little bit more about them. And this is where you can see if they have any problems in the areas of which you solve. And it's only during a phone call or an in-person meeting or a Skype call that you should ever be trying to, to you know, talk about your products or services because until you know what the person's problem is, you don't even know that they have a problem, how can you be pitching any particular thing? You need to understand what's going on with them. You need to establish some rapport, you know, ask some questions, and that's when you do that. So the key is moving it as quickly as is comfortably possible without going too quick and without going too slow. I understand completely, and that's something that's a balance that everybody has to strike for themselves. I'd like to bring out one point, something you just said, that I think applies to all forms of marketing. So this applies to our business creators, whether or not you care about LinkedIn. I mean, this is just your marketing in general. When you are engaging in conversation with somebody and you are ultimately looking to sell them something, whether it's a product, whether it's a course, whether it's an invitation to your mastermind, whether it's attendance to your events or to join your coaching or what have you, you're going to get a lot farther with them the more you get them talking. I, when I meet people face-to-face, -face, I have a real subtle way of doing this. Uh, people who are familiar with the technique have picked up on it and have asked me about it later. But when somebody asks me that question, well, what do you do? I have a way of turning that around to get them to talk about themselves because this is a mindset thing. It doesn't really matter what I do. It matters how I can help you. And how do I know how I can help you unless you tell me what you need? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's been my philosophy for a long time, and I found many hidden opportunities just because I got the person to talk about themselves. And isn't that a lot easier than trying to figure out an elevator pitch or how to properly sell without selling or how to create the nuances of seeding and things like that? Isn't it easier to just get people to talk about themselves? Because don't people love to talk about themselves? Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I mean, I mean go ahead. It, in sales, they basically say, you know, the last person that talks loses. <laughs> and right. you know, in sales, really, there should be no lose and win. There should be only a win-win. But the right. reality of it is is that, you know, most people that are in sales or even, even you know, a professional service provider, they end up talking themselves out of the sale. Listen your way into the sale. Right, precisely. And, I mean, because think about it. Isn't it easier to get people to talk about themselves? I mean, you're our guest expert, and I think I've talked about myself three times during this interview. So that just proves my point, which is that people love to share about themselves. So why not give them what they want so you can figure out what they need? Exactly. I, I, that, that is just, to me, that's just common sense. Now, uh, before we move on to our next topic, I actually want to circle back to discussion groups a little bit because I see people make – catastrophic mistakes when posting and participating in discussion groups. Have you ever seen any of that? People just make things that make you shake your head or facepalm yourself just because you feel so bad for them because they did it? Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, you, you bring up the whole common sense thing, and, and sometimes it's mind-boggling to me because, you know, almost everything is with social media is common sense. And, and because it's such a new tool, for so many people, so many people are still totally confused by it. But, you know, you think of it like this. Would you go to a live networking event? Go reach out your hand, shake somebody's hand, meet them for the first time, say, hi, my name's Melanie. You know, do you want to buy my stuff? You would <laughs> never do that in real life, but yet people do it online. So it's like, you know, does this make sense offline? If it doesn't make sense offline, probably doesn't make sense online. 
And with groups, you know, people go in and they start spamming, and, and some of the groups are, are not moderated well, so there's a bunch of spam in the groups where people are pitching and, and you know, spamming stuff. And even articles, many of the groups, you know, LinkedIn t sends a lot of traffic to my website because I, I do post articles and stuff like that in groups, but I have a, a way of doing that that I always teach, which is, you know, started as a discussion versus just posting a link. You know, right. Even if you, if you want to post a link, uh, and you should be doing this on a regular basis, is, is sharing content as part of your status update. So this is something that you want to do at least once a day and just share an article, whether it's yours or somebody else's. But nobody cares about the article itself, the name of the article. I mean, obviously, if an article's got a good headline and a good title, people are more likely to click on it. But what people really care about the most, especially your connections, is your perspective on that article. So instead of just sharing an article, start a discussion around it, ask a question which is going to increase your engagement, which is going to make uh, you know your second and third level network seeing uh, this content too because it's your first level and network engages with it, their network sees it. Um, the other thing is, is um, add perspective. Tell people why they should read it. So don't just share an article. Say, hey, you know what? Uh, you know whether it's your article or someone else's. This, you know, here's the question. You know, here's the question to create some engagement. Followed by, this is why you should read this article. Right. I think that's a know really why. great strategy. Um, yeah. Now, some groups have different rules about what you can post in their discussion groups. Uh, a typical rule of thumb on Facebook discussion groups is never post a link to anything without a moderator's approval. If you live by that rule of thumb, you will never fail. If you flout that rule of thumb, you will always lose. But LinkedIn, fortunately, tends to be a little bit more flexible about that. Now, what do you see in terms of some of the trends between permissions and various discussion groups about posting links to your own comments? or content versus posting links to shared content from other sources? Well, I'm a big believer in, in you know, always positioning my content. Um, I, I um, you know, there's content creation and content curation, right? So content right. creation is sharing your own content, writing and sharing your own content, content curations, finding other great uh, content to share. So you want to do both because you'll never have enough content of your own to share that, you know, daily. Um, unless you're just repeating it constantly, or unless you're like you know Mashable or you know <laughs> a blog that's posting multiple times a day or every day, um, but it's really about you know positioning it. And, and there's going to be groups that just straight out, even if you follow what I say, you know, start it as a discussion, pose it as a question, do what I'm you know telling you to do. There's going to be groups that are, still aren't going to allow that, and that's fine. You have to look at each group and say, does this group still serve a purpose for me? And so I have, like I mentioned earlier, I have different groups for different purposes. Is this group just a group that I'm going to join so that I have access to um, the members, or the members have access to me? because they're my ideal client. So if we're looking in a search result that they're going to show up or I'm going to show up. Or is this a group that I could be sharing and participating in regularly? And, and does this group moderator, manager, owner allow me to share links when I do it properly? And if they do, then great. And so now I've created a tagged list of group, groups that I know that I share content in, and I've uh, excluded the groups that either uh, I've decided to keep but don't allow me to share content, uh, and I just exclude them from that tagged group. Because they're still right. worthwhile, they still have a purpose. So it's you know everything with marketing. You know this, Adam. You know you're the, the website guy, and I, I know that when you're building websites or coaching anybody on a website, it's you know are, are your all your pieces in place? Is your call to action in the right spot? It's right. You know you have to have a purpose and a goal for everything. Right. I think that's very true. And when you look at it that way, because I see folks take the carpet bomb approach, where they say, "Well, I'll just post this everywhere." Really? Uh, so you're going to take the same message. You're going to post it 50 different places. Are you, I mean, even if all 50 of those places are perfectly cool with you doing it, is that really the best way to go about this? I mean, we have, we yeah, have to, think, well, we have to well, think about that. I mean, will that message play the same place uh, among your prospective customers uh, before your peers in front of your coopetition? Will it be the same thing? I don't think so. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you can segment the groups and there's might be groups of, you know, that you have five or ten groups that are very similar where a similar message works. And then there's, you know, others that it just doesn't work. So, yeah, really looking at that. And, you know, one of the big things is you talked about this earlier. You talked about everybody's looking to automate everything and, you know, people are always looking for the shortcuts. And, and I'm a big believer in not using shortcuts. 
right. spending the extra time customizing every single connection request you use to to the person. And you know, one of the things I talk about in my book and even in the online courses that I've created is creating templates that you can like literally copy and paste and maybe add, you know, one sentence of personalization, a little tiny bit of personalization where it's not like you know, once you create that that it can be replicated and you're just like tweaking ever so slightly. But spending that extra minute, you know, instead of, instead of publishing to every platform via a, a third-party application like Hootsuite or something like that, for example, there's certain social networks where it just doesn't work. You know, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't show up properly. You know, the image isn't showing up properly or the link's not showing up properly. On those networks, you want to literally post it manually so that it's right. – showing exactly the way you want it to. You know, on Google Plus, people don't know this, but you can actually format in your posts in Google Plus. You can bold and you can italicize with some some code coding. Uh the only way you can do that is if you're posting directly to Google Plus. Right. So your post to look good, do you want it to be spaced and, you know, have, you know, it's yeah, it's my my big suggestion is don't look for the the easy way out. Because when you do, when you look for too many ways to save time, and I'm a big believer in saving time, and there is lots of ways to, to make this a very streamlined process, but you know, when you're looking to save time and you're doing it on things that you shouldn't be, you're actually wasting time because you're not going to get any results. Right. I think that is very true, and we need to think about that. Automation is great. Simplifying things is great. Getting things done faster is great, but when you are failing to really meet the goals of your marketing strategy, then it's basically wasted time. And I'm so glad you brought that up because we see the discussion all the time. Well, what's the best way, what's the best software that I can use for posting to social media? Maybe software isn't always the answer. I think there are some things you can automate. Like I think there are certain uh, things that are just going to be what they are. Like if you want to preload some inspirational quotes from famous dead people to fill in some space, I think you can automate that. Because you, 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 I think, you, I, yeah, I, th I think you know what Martin Luther King said. I think you know what Oprah said, and I think you know what Gandhi said that you're going to post in there to get people so inspired and think you're a forward-thinking type person. But uh, when it comes to key points of your marketing message, you're not just quoting a famous dead person, I think that you need to think a little bit further along that. So as we move forward here, and I know we have about 15 minutes or so left, uh, and I don't want that to get away from us because we have so much more great information to cover here yet, let's say that there's somebody on LinkedIn you want to approach. You'd love to network with them, but you don't know them, you've never met them. So how do you become somebody other than that person to send a random connection request? Great question. So the, the first option that you're going to look for is do you share a group in common? You're always going to look for some kind of commonality. It also allows you to select when LinkedIn asks you, how do you know this person? You can select that group. That's always going to be your first way of you know, approaching it. Hey, you know, I noticed that we're both members of this group, and you know, I wanted to connect with you because you always want to tell them why, you know, because right. I like connecting with other like-minded like entrepreneurs in Vancouver, for example. Right. Toronto. New York, LA, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so letting them know, giving them the reason, giving give them a reason why to connect. Tell them why you're reaching out. Um, if you don't share a group in common, then um, let them know. Let them know why you're reaching out to them. Like uh, so many times, I'll have people that will send me a message saying, "Hey, Melanie, you know, I, I just read your book and loved it, and wanted to connect with you here, or attended your webinar, or whatever." Soon as I get any personalized message from somebody, it's an automatic accept. Even when they're missing elements that I would not normally accept, like if they're missing a photo, I don't ever accept anybody that's missing a photo. But if they sent me a personalized message that lets me know that they know, actually really truly know who I am, um, they've you know read some of my content, whether it's my blog or articles I post on other sites or my book or whatever, what, attended a webinar, they're in immediately. Or if I speak from the stage, I always tell people, you know, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, you're welcome to just send me a personalized yeah. note and I will accept. The rest I weed through. I'm like, hmm, does it make sense for me to accept this person? You know, they're missing a profile. This profile might look like it's fake. It's incomplete. You know, they just aren't meeting certain criteria of, of the people that I'm willing to connect with on LinkedIn, so they're out. All they needed to do is take an extra 30 seconds and connect with me. And by connecting with people that have really large networks like myself, you know, I've got over 20,000 connections, 
um, you're exponentially increasing your network because now all of my first and second level connections become your second and third. So there's a huge advantage to being able to connect with people and grow your network. And when you're sending out these lazy messages where you're not personalizing them, chances are not only that they're not going to accept, but something worse can happen. They can hit the report spam button or the I don't know link, I don't know this person link, and after you get a certain number of those, LinkedIn restricts your account, which means you can no longer connect with anybody that you don't know unless you know their email address. So if you're using LinkedIn as a lead generation tool, a prospecting tool, there goes your prospecting out the window. You can't do it anymore. Right, right. And a lot of times you can have that restriction lifted. But you I mean, can. Then, yeah, you can. But then you have to go through writing to them. And I've seen how this works typically when it comes to LinkedIn. They'll uh, read off to you the form of the terms and conditions. And they'll make, you know, in many cases, they'll actually make you type. I understand and respect the terms and conditions, and I will do and make you restate what the terms and conditions say to make sure you get it, like a five year old errant school child. Yeah, exactly. You really want to go and, through that, especially you, when you're in a yeah, and exactly. And you can, and, and you're right, Adam. So a lot of people will ask that, okay, you know, I'm already restricted. What do I do? You send a support message to LinkedIn, ask them to lift the restriction. They will do it. Um, I, I've never heard of them not doing it, but you know what? There's no guarantee that every single LinkedIn support rep will do it. You know, there is a chance that that couldn't happen, and there is a chance that they'll change that in, in the future. Who knows? And who knows if they'll allow you, they'll lift that restriction more than once. So there's so many variables at play that you just don't want to take chances, you know, not doing things the right way. I'm a big proponent of, you know, etiquette, LinkedIn etiquette, social media etiquette, you know, etiquette. Each social network has its own set of, of rules, spoken and unspoken. And it's important to know what they are because if you don't, I have a whole chapter in my book on LinkedIn etiquette and best practices because it's just, I believe, it's just so important. Like a good example, Adam, is so many people on LinkedIn, they'll, they'll connect with you on LinkedIn and the first thing that they'll do is send you a, a message saying, hey, you know, can you go and like my Facebook page? I just, every single time I see that, I remove them as a connection immediately. And I'm like, you know, talk about common sense. Well, guess what? You know what? A lot of people on LinkedIn are not on Facebook. Right. They don't have any desire to be on Facebook. Not to mention, a LinkedIn connection is so much more valuable to you than a like on your Facebook page. Why would you go and damage your credibility right, right. off the start and do something like that? Or send a new connection request that you don't even know asking you to endorse you or recommend you. It's ridiculous. Don't ever ask somebody that you don't know to recommend you, and don't recommend somebody you don't know. Yeah, I think that's I think that's very true. And I mean, we could have a whole separate conversation about the value of a Facebook like these days. But uh, really, I mean, doesn't that seem like it's diluting the platform? And doesn't that seem like it's just another way where they can reach you in case something happens on LinkedIn? I mean, that's just that's just silly. You should be very glad you got the connection. And you know, a general thing that I say about any social media marketing or any social media platform. Last time I checked. None of us are paying just to be on these platforms. Now, some, like LinkedIn, do have premium-type memberships, but I don't know many people that are paying for that, especially people who are listening to the Business Creators Radio Show. You have to be a certain type of business owner for that to be meaningful for you. So if you're not paying for it, and you're not paying for Facebook, you're not paying for Twitter, you're not paying for Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, or anything like that, remember that somebody else is letting you use space on their authority-ranked website to grow your business. Great point. Just Absolutely. behave in their house. How hard is that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, we saw that we saw this thing a year ago. People discovered that you can scrape Facebook profiles and get email addresses and add them to your mailing list and the other way, vice versa, whatever it is. The whole thing about scraping and all this other st stuff. And Facebook started sending their lawyers after the developers of the apps. And I said, yep, guys, I told you. Told you it was coming because it was a violation of the terms and conditions. So just don't do things. And if you have questions, get the answers. And if you're not sure if you should be doing it, that's probably a clue that maybe you shouldn't. I mean, if you don't you know, like, absolutely. Yeah. If you don't yeah. like, and that happens so much on that happens so much on LinkedIn too, Adam. Where people will you'll they'll uh, you know send you a connection request, you accept, and then they add you to their email list right away. Oh and yes. It is is completely wrong. It's it's completely that is spam. 
you know, you're breaking every friggin' spam email marketing rule on the planet. Right. Uh, and people, you're just turning people off. I, I, it even turns me off when people send me an email asking for my permission to add me to their email list. If I wanted to add, be a part of your email list, I'd be a part of it. Or I'd ask right. you. Don't ask me because now you're making me sound, say no. <laughs> and, you know, right. it's... So yeah, so I and I have an email address that I use specifically only for my social media accounts and, and specifically for one for LinkedIn. So I know the moment somebody's added me to their email list because it's going into that particular inbox, and I don't subscribe to anything with that email address. So I know that they've actually just added me without my permission. I do the exact same thing. We have a separate email alias. And it even has the word LinkedIn in the alias. I mean, it couldn't be more obvious that we only use for logging into the LinkedIn account. If you're sending me emails at that address, you don't have permission. And even if it was a personal email, you didn't do the research to find out what the real email address was. The only thing we use that address for is for logging in and for routing notifications to the people who need them about activity going on on the LinkedIn account. And that's something I recommend everybody do. I have aliases for Facebook, for Twitter, for Pinterest, for Instagram, for all of them. That way I know exactly whose list I'm being added to that I never consented for. And if somebody does that, I don't care how valuable or interesting they are. I don't even care if I know them personally. I'll unsubscribe and I'll tell them why. Yep. If I know them personally, I feel I'm doing them a favor because I'm being nice about it. If uh, they're not somebody, I don't spend a lot of time on it. We already have the message typed out and we just copy-paste it. But still, people need to know that uh, that uh, being a LinkedIn connection is not permission to email somebody. Technically, according to most of the laws regarding email marketing, that is not illegal to do. However, most of those same laws say that when you add people to your mailing list and send them marketing messages without their proactive consent, there are a lot of extra things you need to add to that message to be in compliance with those laws. I don't see anybody doing it. Yep. That, yeah. that, and that's years of email marketing uh, experience that I know. You know. Go ahead, add people to your list. But you have to add all the disclaimers about it being a solicitation, all that stuff about the subject line matching, matching the message takes on meaning that it didn't have before. There are a lot of things you have to bear in mind. Um, now, how can you use LinkedIn to find your ideal clients? We've dished for several minutes about the non-ideal type. Let's talk about the ideal. Where are we finding them at? Yeah, there's two, two very effective ways. The first one is utilizing um, – targeted LinkedIn groups that, you know, specifically target your ideal uh, client, your target audience. The second one is to use advanced search, and LinkedIn's got a very, very powerful advanced search where you can, yes. uh, you know, look for people by keywords, by titles, by company name, by geography, by whatever you want, by groups too. You can add multiple filters. And this is one of the reasons why some people will upgrade to a LinkedIn premium account, Adam, is because... Uh, the advanced search uh, filters that are available are enhanced and increased for premium accounts. So, you know, it, it's it's actually relevant for most people. So I think I think there's something like 16% of the people that use LinkedIn use a premium account. Over 80% are using just the free account. So, uh, you know, for most people, a free account works. If right. you're, I do a lot of training for sales teams. So I'll train sales teams for you know large companies, and. For them, if they are a company that's working with other large companies like Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 1000 companies, and you want to be able to filter by you know Fortune 500 or Fortune 1000, or you want to filter by company size, you know 10,000 or more employees, or you know stuff like that, those are advanced, uh, those are um, premium uh, filters. So you need to have a premium account for those. But for the most part. You know, between utilizing LinkedIn groups and utilizing the advanced search, you can find anybody that you want. Now, the one caveat there, of course, is people are only going to show up in your search results if they're part of your first, second, or third degree network or a member of the same group. That's why it's important to grow your network with, you know, high-quality, relevant contacts. Right. Right. I think you're absolutely correct about that. And, you know, just think about, the value of a LinkedIn contact. You've stated yourself, a LinkedIn contact is more valuable than a Facebook friend. It's certainly more valuable than a Twitter follower. And unless you do pay for premium LinkedIn services, you only get to have so many of them. 
Exactly. Yeah. Now, now, as I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe this has changed since the last time I studied this, but my understanding is you can only reach out to connect to up to 3,000 people, but incoming requests are unlimited if you have the free account. Is that correct, or do I have that uh, mistaken somehow? Yeah, no, that, that's correct. And I don't believe that that's only uh, geared to a free account. I believe that that's just that that's just the rule across the board. Right. Um, but one of the things that you can do is, is you've got 3,000 lifetime invites to send. And after those 3,000 invites, you can actually request more. So I've, okay. in the past, I've never actually, I've got over 20,000 connections, and I still haven't exceeded my 3,000 invites because when you optimize your profile properly, you're active in groups, you know, a lot of times so much will come to you versus you having to go search for everything. In the beginning, you've got to do the work to lay that foundation and grow your network and do all the stuff that you need to do. But over time, momentum kicks in and now you start to you know, have a lot of people reaching out to you. So uh, you can request more, and I've been told that LinkedIn will give you like 50 at a time. I've been told by somebody else that it's 500 at a time. Um, how, you know, like I said, I haven't had to ask for it, so I don't know where they're at, or, and that obviously changes. But, you know, you just, you uh, can certainly ask. You just have to keep asking each time um, when you run out. So the key is making sure that you have a really great profile so that people are finding you a lot more and engaging in those LinkedIn groups so people are finding you and proactively reaching out to you. Right. I, yeah, and and see that that's the thing. Now let me get uh, one thing here. I know we have about five minutes left here, and I want to give you the floor to uh, share with our listeners uh, something very valuable. But uh, one very quick question: I see a lot of people uh, do something where when somebody joins their mailing list, if they join one of the premium targeted mailing lists, they'll send an autoresponder out that says, "Hey, you know what? Let's get connected on LinkedIn." Do you find that appropriate? Oh, I don't see anything wrong with it at all. There's okay. so many ways and so many places that you can be promoting LinkedIn. You can be promoting it, you know, on your website for sure, having, you know, the social uh, links to your social profiles. You could be having it in your email signature. You could be having it in your newsletter. You could have it on your website. I mean, there's so many different places. Why not promote it? Right. Okay, great. So, Melanie, first of all, I'd like to thank you so much for taking the time with us today. I know your time is very busy with your book launch and everything else, and uh, you've given us a ton of great information. Now, before we go here, I'd like to just turn over the floor for about one or two minutes here and just give you an opportunity to uh, let our listeners know. I know there's some people on the edge of their seats who'd be interested in learning more about you and how to connect with you and how you serve business creators. So let me just turn over the floor for a minute and let you share with our audience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, if you want to learn, if you want to reach out to me, there's a, a couple of different ways to do that. Uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about my book, it's the LinkedInCode.com. Uh, there's information about that. It's available on Amazon and Kindle and paperback. Um, so the LinkedInCode.com. And then, of course, my primary website is TopDogSocialMedia.com. And on that site, you can find links to all my social media sites. So if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn again, please send me a personalized connection request message so that uh, I'm guaranteed to accept that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess, you know, one of my final words is it's just, you know, one of the things that happens a lot on LinkedIn is people will say to me, you know, Melanie, I've been using LinkedIn for years, and I'm just not getting any business from it. Business isn't going to magically appear. So you can't just collect connections. You need to build relationships. So that's really important. If you're just collecting connections, whether it's the ones that you're sending out or the ones that you're, you're accepting, and you're not doing anything with them, you're not building relationships, you're not adding value, nothing's going to happen, so don't be surprised. And then the other thing is the importance of growing your network, because your network equals your net worth. Yes, forward. I love that so, phrase. Yeah. So topdogsocialmedia.com, uh, all my social media sites, you can find me uh, on any of them and whatever your preferred uh, networks are, I'm there. And, of course, the LinkedInCo.com. Very good, very good. Well, Melanie Zadero, again, this has been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much for everything you've shared with us about LinkedIn. I will remind our listeners that all of our guest experts have profiles on businesscreatorsradioshow.com, so you can check out Melanie's and you can see her website, you can see her various social media, so you can connect with her in the way that makes the most sense to you. And for all of you listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, where we help you 
Win at the Game of Business and Marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.